Uh, the epistle to the Philippians, chapter 4, starting at verse 6, you will find these words. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Today I just want to talk to you from the thought, the Christian's response to the evil day. The Christian's response to the evil day. Amen. Uh, this particular epistle, amen, or letter, written by the Apostle Paul to the church at Philippi, is part of a collection of letters or epistles that is called the prison epistles. Uh, this, pr this particular letter was written by Paul, while he was under his own distress in a dungeon, in a jail cell. Shackles on his feet and, and cuffs on his hands, amen, in a dark and dingy place. Not like the uh, four-star hotels of our jails today, no. No, these kind of jails were holes dug deep into uh, the ground and that those places had dampness and disease. Amen. Just going to jail could kill you. Amen. That didn't necessarily have to be the death penalty. Just going to jail, you could get kinds of diseases that would kill you. This is the kind of jail, if you will, that Paul is in. But Paul is in jail not for doing wrong, but he's in jail for doing right. See, he didn't go to jail when he persecuted the church and he, he, he assented to the, uh, the stoning of Stephen. No, he went to jail because of his faith in Jesus Christ. After he had been turned around and his feet had been placed on solid ground, when things changed in his life for the better, in this life it got worse. Amen. It is Paul who went through shipwrecked and being stoned and pulled to the outskirts of the city and left for dead. It is Paul who was bitten by a viper, amen, on the, the Isle of Malta. It is Paul who at one point was seen by a god by the native indigenous people and then in another moment they wanted to kill him. It is this Paul, after conversion, has found himself in these kinds of calamity. It is during this time that he is writing to the church at Philippi and he has shackles on his own feet. But that, that points to the kind of heart that Paul had as well. Paul was not so concerned about himself, but he was also concerned about his brethren. This is the kind of selfless heart that God is wanting for each and every one of his children to have as it relates to others. Amen. But in this particular text, amen, we want to look uh, um, intricately at the response to the evil day. 
In the church at Philippi, in the context of the verses that I read into your hearing, there was strife in the church. There, there, there was some kind of infighting between uh, Eudodia and, 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 and it was, it was Syntyche uh, and Eudoda that they had these issues and I don't know what they were, but it was causing confusion and separation in the church. Paul was also encouraging the other saints there to not be divided as well. To not fall on one or the other side. And now we've got two factions who are fighting against one another. Because Paul understood very well that a kingdom divided cannot stand. And a church divided can't stand either. Uh, that's a word that any time that we get into a point to where we start to have uh, infighting with one another, we must remember, amen, is that we are damaging the body of Christ. This is not our body. This is Christ's body. Amen. We are members of that body and we have a responsibility to stay unified for the, for the ultimate purpose that the body will function and work as it should. And so Paul is concerned about the strife that's in the church, amen, and it appears that there's some kind of worry that's happening in the lives of the people at Philippi, amen, that's causing them to divide. One wants to go one way and one wants to go another. One doesn't believe this is the right way to keep us from falling into calamity and another believes there's another. But at the same time, because of the anxiety in the house, amen, is causing division. Yeah. So Paul comes along while he's in jail himself with a, in an anxious situation, amen. He's not concerned about that, but he's concerned about the children of God. So in the sixth verse, amen, of chapter four, Paul gives commandments. He says, be anxious for nothing. In other words, he says, don't, don't be fearful and don't worry about anything. He says, no matter how big or small the situation might be, no matter how it seems like that, that there is no way out and that it seems like the impending doom is on the horizon, don't worry. Don't worry. And so now we have to ask the question, well, why not? I mean, if impending doom is on the horizon, why not worry? Well, if we're reminded about the words of Jesus Christ, he said, does by worrying, does it add one cubit to your stature? He says, if you worry, will it allow you to grow? If you worry, will you get stronger? Will you worry, will it make you smarter? The answer is a rhetorical no. Worrying can do nothing but uh, uh, cause uh, degradation and, and cause problems in our lives. It doesn't help us, it hinders us. Many of us in our modern society is in pain with stress and heart conditions and, and all kinds of ailments because of worry. Some things come by uh, other reasons, but a lot of our issue is because we got too much stress, because we worry too much. 
We worry, we wring our hands about things that's out of our control in the first place. And Jesus was saying, when he was uh, talking to the disciples, he said, do the sparrows worry? Do they worry about their, what they're going to eat from day to day? No, they just do what they have been designed to do. And miraculously, they find food to eat because the master has provided for them. Do the lilies, when they are growing, do they toil and spin, wondering if the day is going to be the day that I'm going to die? No, they just stay beautiful. Amen. And they do what the master has designed them to do. So then that leads to the question, what about us? Uh, what about us? What has the master designed us to do instead of worry? What has he designed for us to do, amen, instead of worry about the, the issues of life? And, and, and we've got a work to do. We've got something that he's designed us to do, and it's not worry. God has made a way out of no way, amen. And he's already said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. So the Lord wants to be the one to bear our burdens. But the Lord is a gentleman. He's not going to come and take them from you. He wants you to give them to him. But so easily, because it's the nature that's within us that we got to work it out ourselves. So we hold on to the worry and the problems and, and we, we walk around in the middle of the room trying to figure out what God has already worked out. But just because we don't see it, then we continue to worry about it. Because remember that delay is not denial with the Lord. And the Lord is saying, if I don't speak to you that you can hear me, will you still trust me? See, it's in the quiet times. It's when you've prayed and God seems like he hadn't responded. He, did he hear my prayer? I, I've heard him. I didn't feel him. He's saying, but son and daughter, if you don't hear from me, will you still trust me? Will you still believe my word which I left with you? I have not changed, even though I have not responded in a way that is pleasing unto you, does not mean I'm not working on your issue. So the text says, he says, don't worry. Don't worry about nothing. Because Paul recognizes that Jesus has it all in the palm of his hand. He has death, he has destruction, he has jobs, he, has, he even has the, the shootings at the schools in Florida and, and the shootings at the schools in Colorado, the shootings all over the world. He has them in his hand. Even the shootings that didn't make the, the front page, amen, of the national newspaper, he has them too. We may not understand why, but God knows. God knows that nothing is happening in this world that's not first passing through the hand of God. So God knows what purpose he's doing and using for the things he does. And anybody who questions the lovingness of God, amen, when they say, how can a loving God allow shootings like this to happen in Florida? The real question that they must ask is, that the loving God has already done the ultimate 
in that the loving God has sent his only begotten son to die for sins that he didn't commit. If we want to talk about how loving God is, now that's where we ought to look. Because the, the, the ailments of the world are due up to the fall of man. It is our sin, amen, that causes destruction in the world. But it is the Father who lovingly sent his only begotten Son to die for sins that he did not commit. So that we would have a way out of no way. That whoever would believe on the name of Jesus should be saved. And one of these days this old toe up, beat up, torn down earth will be destroyed and be replaced with a new heaven and a new earth where there will not be any pain. There will not be any suffering. There will not be any loss. There will be no more shootings. Amen. The shootings will all be over. No more white supremacy. No more separation and strife. No more bad presidencies. No more bad and distraught folks from east to west. No more of that. It will all be over because we won't need presidents anymore because we'll have a king and he is the king of kings and the lord of lords and his name is Jesus amen so when you got all that on your side amen why do we worry but let's look at the text it says but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. It's interesting, while Paul the apostle is now shackles on his feet and cuffs on his hand, and he is being guarded by a guard in a dingy and diseased jail cell, a dungeon in the depths of the earth, he says, in everything to pray. But he uses two words here. He uses the word prayer and then he uses the word supplication. The word prayer here is a general word for communicating with God. In everything, amen, whether you're studying for a test that you want to do well on in school, it's by prayer. Or, or whether you are getting ready to compete in a tennis match, a soccer game, uh, you're getting ready to compete in a basketball game or some other competition, it's by prayer. You call on the name of the Lord by prayer. Amen. And, and, and when you look at your friends and your loved ones who are going through something, you call on the Lord by prayer. It's in everything, whether it's good or bad, amen, happy or sad. By prayer. We ought to be a people of prayer. The Bible says we ought to pray without ceasing. Men ought, as Jesus said, always pray. Amen. This is the, this is the idea here that in everything, pray. That which you understand and that which you don't understand, pray. That would hurt your heart or that would cause a celebration. Pray. It's in everything that we pray. Amen. Sometimes we uh, uh, want to worry, but instead we ought to pray. This text says to us, if we're going to worry, don't pray. But if we're going to pray, don't worry. Right? It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, prayer. 
So if you're going to pray, don't worry. If you're going to worry, don't pray. Because they are mutually exclusive. They don't go together, y'all. Amen. Look at the text. But then there's this word supplication. Supplication is a word that, that comes from a, a personal request from God. When we look at the entirety of the full domain of prayer, when we look at supplication, it talks about specific prayers that we are praying to God for ourselves. It is a kind of prayer that is a humble prayer. It is a prayer that acknowledges that, Lord, this situation is too big for me. This is something that I can't deal with, but I know you can. And Lord, I am leaning and depending on you for all things. And we are looking at that. It's when we get the bad news, amen, uh, that, that, that there's a disease, amen, that has crept into our families, amen. It, it, it may even be terminal. It's during those times we have supplication to the Lord. Lord, have mercy, oh God. Lord, if you would you heal my loved one, Master, because this is something that's out of the hands of man. This is something that man can do nothing with. Master, and I acknowledge, Lord, that I need you to step in and step in right on time. It's, it's when you have lost your job and the, the single resource that you had to pay your bills is now gone. All the prospects on the horizon are looking very slim. You've got rejection letters and the bills are due. Folk are talking about turning off lights, water, and gas. Then the mortgage company is talking about we're coming to take your home away. We got the uh, notice, if you will, of default, amen, but no job on the horizon. That's supplication when you pray to the Lord. Lord, I need you to step in. Lord, help me. Master, I can't see my way through. Master, I don't know what I'm going to do, but Lord, I know you know all things and you do everything well. If there's some bills to be paid, the silver and the gold is yours, the cattle on the thousand hills. Master, you know how to work with the mortgage company and the lights and the gas because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and they that dwell in it. It's that kind of prayer. Yeah. It's supplication. Yeah. It is the same God whom we pray to and we say Jehovah Rapha, healing is in your name. I heard cancer. I heard diabetes. I heard uh, lymphoma. I heard musculosclerosis. I heard PTSD. But Lord, you are a healer. And Lord, I need you to come and heal right now. That's supplication, y'all. And so it says, in everything, even in your personal worry, even in your personal problem, in everything, pray. And sometimes, Sister V, amen, worry is, as the old folks said, it's a worration. Right? You got worry about something in the future and then you got a worration, something in the present that just keeps on giving you the blues. Something that folks just irritating, just keep doing stuff, amen, and you are just sick and tired of being sick and tired. You sick and tired, sister children, of them constantly keep on saying stuff they don't need to be saying. Why don't they just shut their mouths? It's in them times supplication because we need the power to deal with that right we need the power to not just go off and go postal amen while folk talking crazy or doing stuff to us that don't make no good sense 
causing us headache and heartache. Amen. Messing with our wallets and our purses, messing up some stuff, making our bank accounts go low, fooling with folk. That's a word, racing. Amen. But that needs supplication as well. Amen. Am I right about it? Y'all tracking with me today? Amen. Amen. So in everything, huh? prayer and supplication. But, but here's where it really gets big. Because for the Christian, it goes a whole nother level. Look at the text. The text says, uh, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. You mean to tell me while I am going through, while the folk are telling me that on the end of the week you, you can turn in your keys because this job is no longer going to be yours. Amen. Pack your bags and go to the house and I don't have nothing on the back side of that. You saying uh, be thankful? Well, how can I be thankful when everything around me is crumbling? How can I be thankful when, when my kids got to be fed? How can I be thankful? Lord, this don't make no sense. Oh, but it does. Because the believer does not walk by sight. He or she walks by faith. See, walking in thanksgiving when worrying and worry is all around you is a walk of faith. Because you got to believe that which you cannot see. Mother dear would because now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. It is the substance of things that we can't see. It, it, it is the evidence. It is the it is the it, it is the the core of not what you can see with and, and detect with your five senses, but that you believe out of your heart. It, it's believing that what God said He will do. It's believing that the Word of God, who says, "Seek ye therefore, or, or seek ye the kingdom of God first." And all these things will be added unto you. It's believing that even though you can't see it with your naked eye. So we find ourselves being able to be thankful even though we're in the throes and in the midst of the storm. Because by faith we believe that the sun will shine again. That we don't know how, we don't know when, we don't know where, but we do know who. Amen. And that's all that God is requiring us to know. It's the who, Mother Collins. Not the where, not the when, not the how. But the who. And the who is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If we believe that he has all power in his hand, if we believe the words of, of the Gospel of John, chapter 1, that nothing was made that was not made by him, then we know whatever has come about, amen, God has the power to do something about it. He can handle our lost jobs. He can handle our back behind bills. He can handle it because he's God and God alone. He can handle our sicknesses. He can handle our pain. He can handle our disagreements because he's God and God alone. He's sovereign God. He does what he wants to do, when he wants to do it, and how he wants to do it. So we be concerned about the who and let him handle the rest. 
And I'm a living witness. Sometimes God decides that the prayer that we've had, amen, is not the way he wants us to go. But that's all right. It may hurt for a little while. But when you know the Lord, amen, you know the sun is going to shine again. Because he said it to be. But then even in the midst of that, we got to have Thanksgiving. Because you can't lose with the stuff God gives us to you. I mean, think about this. I mean, to live is Christ and to die is gain. In this same book, in this same letter of the Philippians, he says to it don't matter which way you go. When you are a child of God, you can't lose. If you live, great. If you die, great. Because the worst anything can happen to you is that you can be ushered into the arms of Jesus. When that man said they're going to kill you and they go ahead and do it, all they did is rush you into the hands of Almighty God. Into the place of bliss and, and no more pain and suffering. Into the presence of the Lord where there's fullness of joy and at his right hand of pleasures forevermore. You can't lose with the stuff God gives us to use. So why should we worry? We can be thankful. Amen. Look at Jesus Christ. Now, we know Jesus is the second one in the Trinity. We know that he is God. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Ghost. But this same book, Philippians, lets us know in chapter 2. To let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. That he thought it not robbery to be equal with God. But he made himself of no reputation, taking on the form of a man, of a servant. And he was obedient even unto death, the death of the cross. Now that's significant theology as it relates to Jesus because Jesus could have acted as God on earth. But Philippians helps us to understand that the mind Jesus had was that he would put aside his deity and rely upon the Holy Spirit to empower him and rely upon the direction of the Father in all that he did. Jesus said, I do nothing except what the Father tells me. Only what I hear, and he says the Spirit only does what he hears from the Father. He was perfectly obedient, and he was our representation of a normal man. So Jesus, when he was uh, in the fields and this 5,000 had followed him and the disciples, he asked the question, what do we have to feed them with? And they said, we don't have nothing, we got to go to the market. And Jesus said, no, y'all feed them. And they looked around, and uh, one of the disciples said, hmm. The only food we got around here is two little scrawny fish and five barley loaves of bread, little old biscuit pieces of bread for this little boy here. I mean, after he gets through, he'll probably still be hungry. Amen? But that's all we got, Jesus. And Jesus said, give me. Give it to me. And what did Jesus do before he tried to feed anybody? The Bible said he lifted it up and he gave thanks. He thanked God for what he was going to do before he even did it. That's what it means to be in the throes of worry and worration and have thanksgiving. Because Jesus 
He was relying on the Father to bless through the Holy Ghost, amen, not of his own power, but he knew God was going to do something, amen, and he thanked him before it was even done. And that's how we got to do. We got to thank God in advance. Lord, I don't know how you're going to bring me through this, but thank you. Lord, and even if you don't heal me and I die, I can't lose because the live is Christ and the die is gain. Ain't that good news, saints of God? We can't lose. So why should we worry? And look at the text. It says that make your request made known unto God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. If you just trust in the Lord and you don't allow your senses to get you out of whack. You don't allow the worry to get in and to take root and cause division between you and others. That you put all your trust in the Lord. That the Lord has a present for you and it's called the peace of God. It's a kind of peace that doesn't make sense to the, to the, to the, uh, the, the smartest professors here on earth. It is a peace that surpasses all understanding. Well, I don't know how can you be peaceful with all this going on around you. It's because of the peace of God. When you pray and you put it in the hands of the Lord, God can send you a present, amen, that you will have peace in the midst of your storm. You will be able to lay down at night. Even though your bills ain't paid, you'll still be able to go to sleep. Because you know it's not about you to get the problem fixed in the first place, but you're waiting upon the Lord. Because they that wait upon the Lord, he shall renew their strength. They shall mount up wings like evil. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Today I'm just saying to you, saints of God, don't worry. Don't have worration, but pray. And in everything, with thanksgiving, make your request known unto God. Trusting him to see you through. And God said that he'll be with you every step of the way. He said, and lo, I will be with you even until the end of the age. God bless you and God keep you is my prayer today. Amen. Amen. The doors of the church are open. <clears throat> amen. In the midst of this all, amen, somebody may be worrying, amen, and feels like they, they can't go on. Well, the day is the day to give it unto the Lord. Amen. Let the Lord have it. Because he can do more with it than we can anyway. Amen. Let the Lord work this thing out. See, we get in there and we start stirring around in the pot and get things in there and mess up the whole meal. But let the Lord work on it. He knows about how much of this and how much of that to put there and what needs to be there to make this what it needs to be. And believe as the word of God says that there is no temptation such as common to man. Uh, but with that temptation, God is faithful to make a way of escape that you will be able to bear it. Trust the Lord. Don't worry, but pray. The doors of the church are open. Amen. If there's someone here who does not know our Lord and Savior, it is time to come right now and get that business fixed. Because you don't know the day nor the hour, amen, when your life will be required of you. 
If you come by Christian experience, amen, amen, the doors are open. We welcome all to come, amen. Because God is just that kind of God. He is a wonderful God, amen. Amen, he is one that can see you through whatever mountains are in your life. So now I ask that you come to Jesus. Come unto Jesus. To the believer in this evil world is worry. The devil has a way of putting up all kind of situations to make it a, 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 a reason to worry. But this text allows us to know that there's never a reason to worry when you got Jesus on your side. It's a time to pray, not a time to worry. So I'm hoping today that there's something been said that would encourage you in the next week as you battle in this world. The waves and the billows and the clouds and the rain and the thunderstorms, the breakers, the dash, all of that that happens in our lives. That the word of God will keep you with that peace that surpasses all understanding. Amen? Amen. So if our hearts and minds are clear, amen, let us stand for our benediction. Where he leads me Hello. Oh.
Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for all that we've heard and seen on today. Master, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I ask that you edify us and strengthen us. Uh, let us be steadfast, unmovable, and always abounding in love. As we go through the valleys and the, the caverns of our lives, Master, Lord, hold us in your mighty hand. Lord, keep us, Master, and remind us to not to worry, but to pray. And Lord, we are so thankful, Master, that we cannot lose with the stuff you've given us to you. Uh, to live is Christ and to die is gain. And Master, we ask in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you bless our offerings on today. Lord, to multiply a 10, 100, 1,000 fold. And we want to be so careful to give you all the praise and the glory. Lord, thank you for New Zion Missionary Baptist Church. Thank you for our visitors on the day. Master, continue to bless them. Bless them all, Master, according to your sweet Holy Ghost. Lord, keep them and keep them on the straight and narrow in this world of a broad path unto destruction. And Lord, we want to give you all the praise and all the glory. And Lord, as we go from this place to our prospective homes and other destinations, Lord, keep us from all hurt, harm, and danger. These things we ask in the blessed name of Jesus Christ our Lord and all the saints of God sang together. Amen. Please be seated and obey the ushers. <laughs>